Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Poets' Corner, an appendage to a series of books written under the banner of In Defense of Christianity. This segment is from Edmund Spencer's The Fairy Queen, Book 1, Canto 4, Episode 11. Podcast 119 is entitled Sans joy. Fidessa, of course, her name suggesting fidelity, is the former Duessa, her real name suggesting infidelity. Though she has fooled the silly Red Cross Knight, she has not fooled anyone else in the underworld. After all, she rode with Lucifera high on the coach leading the seven deadly sins driven by Satan in the house of pride. The three brothers, Sans Foy, which means without faith, Sans Loy, which means without law, and Sans Joy, which means without joy, are all in love with Duessa, and she with them. The Red Cross Knight kills Sans Foy in battle. The false Duessa, who was in love with Sans Foy, ran away. When the Red Cross Knight caught up with her, she lied to him, saying she was the daughter of an emperor kidnapped by Sans Foy. The Red Cross Knight foolishly believed her, though only moments before she saw Sansfoy and Duessa embracing in sensuous play. Duessa is evil and wants revenge on the Red Cross Knight. Her ploy is to get him killed or to seduce him, which will destroy him, because the Red Cross Knight, above all else, seeks holiness. However, when Sansfoy sees the Red Cross Knight carrying his dead brother's shield in the House of Pride, he immediately seeks revenge for the murder of his brother. He challenges the Red Cross Knight to a duel. So having solaced themselves a space with pleasance of the breathing fields he fed, they back returned to the princely place. Whereas an errant knight in arms he clad with heatheny shield, wherein with letters red was writ sans joy, they knew arrived find. Inflamed with fury, and fire's hearty head, he seemed in heart to harbor thoughts unkind, and nurry bloody vengeance in his bitter mind. Sans Joy snatches the shield, but the Red Cross Knight, unwilling to give up the prize he won in a fair battle, takes it back. Who when the shame shield of slain Sans Boy he spied with the same fairy champion's page, betraying him, that did of late destroy his eldest brother. Burning all with rage, he to him leapt. And that same envious gage of victor's glory from him snatched away. But the elfin knight, which ought that warlike wage, disdained to lose the mead he won in fray. And him, recounting fierce, rescued the noble prey. The two knights immediately begin a violent quarrel and prepare for battle. However, Lucifera, queen of the House of Pride, stops the quarrel and commands them to refrain. She orders them to meet the next day in duel to determine who owns Sansfoy's shield. Ironically, in knight errantry, it was thought that God would support the just and condemn the wicked, 
duels to the death were how such conflicts were settled. It was somewhat like how they discerned witches. They threw the accused witch into the pond. If she drowned, she was innocent because it was believed that a witch could not drown. If she floated to the surface, she was burned at the stake. <laughs> that was frontier justice. Therewith they gan to hurtlin greedily, redoubted battle ready to derang and clash their shields and shake their swords on high. That with their stir they troubled all the train, till that great queen upon eternal pain of high displeasure, that in Suan might command them their fury to refrain, and if that either to that shield had right in equal lists, they should the morrow next to fight. Sansfoy apologizes to the queen, and explains that he only attacked the Red Cross Knight through grief of his brother's death. He tells her that only false treachery and shameful treason could have killed his valiant brother. He says to Lucifera, Ah, dearest dame, quoth then the pagan bold, pardon the heir of enraged white, whom great grief made forget the reins to hold of reason's rule. To see this recreant knight, no knight, but treachery full of false despite and shameful treason, who through guile hath slain the greatest knight that ever filled did fight, even stout Sansfoy. Oh, who can refrain, whose shield he bears renverse the most to heap disdain? Sans Joy also sees Fidesz as a traitor, for he knew that his brother Sansfoy was in love with her. Sans Joy only talks to the queen. He doesn't address the Red Cross Knight. The only language he plans to use with the one who murdered his brother is the language of the sword. And to augment the glory of his guile, his dearest love, the fair Fidessa, lo, is there possessed of the traitor vile, who reaps the harvest sown by his foe, sown in bloody field, and bought with woe. That brother's hand shall dearly well requite, so be. O queen, you equal favor show. Him little answered the angry elfin knight. He never meant with words but sorts to plead his right. Also in knight errantry, when they challenged someone to a duel, they threw down their gauntlet, or leather glove plated with steel worn with medieval armor. If the foe picked it up, it meant that he was also willing to fight to the death. The two knights were to prepare for battle the next day. However, remember they are in the house of pride, so rather than rest, they spend the night in joy and jollity, feasting in bedroom and hall. The steward is gluttony, whom we met in the parade of the seven deadly sins. After that, Sloth, the chamberlain, called them to rest. Spencer is a word artist. He has two canvases. On one canvas, he paints the dark colors of evil and vice, represented by Duessa and Lucifera and the seven deadly sins in the house of pride. On the other canvas, he paints the bright colors of righteousness and virtue. The Red Cross Knight represents holiness. Sans Foy, Sans Loy, and Sans Joy represents, respectively, faithlessness, lawlessness, and joylessness. The Red Cross Knight must defeat all three brothers in his quest for holiness. But through his gauntlet as a sacred pledge, his causing combat the next day to try. So Ben they parted both, 
with hearts on edge to be avenged each on his enemy. That night they passed in joy and jollity, feasting and courting both in bower and hall, for the steward was excessive gluttony, that of his plenty poured forth to all, which done the chamberlain's sloth did to rest them call. Both spent a sleepless night musing on the hopes of victory. However, Duessa sneaks into San Joy's bedroom to plead her case, to declare her loyalty to Sans Joy, and to encourage Sans Joy to kill the Red Cross Knight. Now when as darksome night had all displayed her coal-black curtain over brightest sky, the warlike youths on dainty couches laid did chance away sweet sleep from sluggish eyes to muse on means of hoped victory. But when as Morpheus had with laden mace arrested all the courtly company, up rose Duessa from her resting place, and to the pagan's lodging comes with silent pace. Duessa finds Sans Joy very disturbed. He is plotting how best to destroy the Red Cross Knight. The cunning Duessa, in a sweet voice, seduces Sans Joy into thinking she was faithful to his brother. She exaggerates her grief. She tells Sans Joy that after his brother, he is next in her love. She puts her fate in the hands of Sans Joy. Whom broad awake she finds in troublous fit, forecasting how his foe he might annoy, and him moves with speeches seeming fit. Ah, dear Sans Joy, next dearest to Sanfoy, cause of my new grief, cause of my new joy, joyous to see his image in mine eye, and grieved to think how foe did him destroy. That was the flower of grace and chivalry. Lo, his Fidessa, to thy secret faith I fly. Sans Joy melts and speaks gently to Duessa. Duessa flatters Sans Joy. She says that since the death of Sans Foy, she has never known joy. Though she has never felt one moan of remorse, she pretends to drown in eternal woe, claiming that she is constantly distressed. With gentle words he gan her fairly greet and bad say on the secret of her heart. Then singing soft, I learned that little sweet of tempered is, quoth she, with mutual smart. For since my breast was launched with lovely dart of dear Sansfoy, I never joyed hour, but in eternal woes my weaker heart have wasted, loving him with all my power, and for his sake have felt full many and heavy stour. Duessa continues her lies. Just when she thinks her sorrows are over, she said, she is thrown into new sorrows by this impostor, the Red Cross Knight who is unworthy to carry Sansfoy's shield. She falsely claims that Sansfoy was entrapped by the impostor and was brought to a shameful grave. She accuses the Red Cross Knight of imprisoning her in a dark cave because she would not yield her virginity to him, which she reserved only for his brother Sansfoy. Spencer, of course, is simply emphasizing that Satan is a liar and the father of lies. In the epic drama The Red Cross Knight, Spencer analyzes the battle between good and evil. It is as if he had in mind Peter's words, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. 
Spencer personifies evil in the characters who inhabit the house of pride, and he explores how Satan uses devices to deceive the very elect, such as Una, who symbolizes truth and fidelity, and the Red Cross Knight, who symbolizes holiness. The powers of evil hate goodness and want to destroy it entirely. That is the theme of the Red Cross Knight. At last, when perils all I weaned past and hoped to reap the crop of all my care, into new woes unwittingly I was cast by this false fader who unworthy wears his worthy shield, whom he with guileful snare entrapped, slew, and brought to shameful grave. Me silly maid, away with him he bare, and ever since hath kept in darksome cave. For that I would not yield, that to Sandsboy I gave. Duessa compares Sans Joy to the sun that disperses darkness. To her loathed life, Sans Joy brings light. Under his beam, she will be protected from the spite of the dreaded Red Cross Knight. She encourages Sans Joy to not let his brother's death go unrevenged. But since fair sun hath spursed that lowering cloud, and to my loathed life now shows some light, under your beam I will me safely shroud from dreaded storm of his disdainful spite. To you the inheritance belongs by right of brother's praise, to you eke long his love. Let not his love, let not his restless sprite be unrevenged, that calls to you above from wandering Stygian shores, where it doth endless move. Sans joy is entirely taken in though only a short time before he had denounced her a traitor to his brother's love. He assures her that she need not be afraid. Though Sansfoy is dead, Sansjoy lives to revenge his death. He swears that the guilty Red Cross Knight's blood shall be sacrificed. There too, said he, fair dame, be not dismayed for sorrows past. Their grief is with them gone. Nee yet of present peril be afraid. For needless fear did never vantage none, and helpless hap it booteth not to moan. Dead is Sansboy, his vital pains are past, though grieved ghost for vengeance deep do groan. He lives that shall him pay his duties last, and guilty elfin blood shall sacrifice in hast. Fidessa expresses her fear that fate will turn the battle against Sansjoy. The Red Cross Knight is a great fighter, and she is afraid he may have advantage. That only inflames Sans Joy more. He claims they are equally matched. But Fidessa warns him that the Red Cross Knight has a charmed shield and an enchanted arm. He can't be beaten. However, the proud Sans Joy assures her that she has nothing to fear. Thus, Sans Joy has fallen into her trap. She knew that by pretending concern, he would be more resolved. But the truth is that Sans Joy has no clue of the power of the Red Cross Knight. And Duessa does, for she has seen him in battle. Sans Foy was one of the best fighters of the three brothers, but Sans Joy was convinced by Duessa that the Red Cross Knight used trickery. He assures her that he will win, which is all she wants to hear. She really cares nothing for the life of Sans Joy. She wants to destroy the Red Cross Knight, regardless of the collateral damage. Oh, but I fear the fickle freak, quoth she, of fortune false and odds of arms in field. 
Why, dame, quoth he, what odds can ever be where both do fight alike to win or yield? Yea, but quoth she, he bears a charmed shield and eke enchanted arms that none can pierce. Nee, none can wound the man that does them wield. Charmed or enchanted, answered he then fierce, I know wit wreck, nee you the like need to rehearse. Cantifor ends with a chilling insight into Duessa's evil. She truly wants to revenge Sansfor's death at any cost. She is subject to the wheel of fortune. It is only circumstance that put her under the Red Cross Knight's power which she refers to as enemy's power. She returns to her bed till the next day when she intends to subdue the Red Cross Knight. She will live a double life. The Red Cross Knight has sense for a shield. She feels a double death by pretending to be his lover. She is revolted just by looking at the Red Cross Knight. However, regardless of her pretending, she will secretly aid sense joy. Though while in the presence of the Red Cross Knight, she pledges herself to the Red Cross Knight, that by feigning to be Fidessa, the faithful one, she is really known as Duessa, the devil-minded one. She encourages Sans Joy by promising to subdue the Red Cross Knight. But fair Fidessa, Sithen's fortune's guile, or enemy's power, hath now captived you. Return from whence you came, and rest a while. Till morrow next that I the elf subdue, and with Sansfoy's dead dowry you endue, I me, that is a double death, she said, with proud foe's sight my sorrows to renew. Wherever yet I be, my secret aid shall follow you, so passing forth she him obeyed. Join us next week as we examine Canto 5, which tells of the battle between Sans Joy and the Red Cross Knight, and continues the story of the House of Pride. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.